0: I get out of the car, and the officer looks at me and he says, Sir, where are your pants?
1: Welcome into episode number three. Guys, we got to start out, uh, before we do anything else, with just some thank yous. It's been a great week. Uh, We're about 12 days since the release of episode number one, and we've we've got over 500 downloads, which has, uh, I think I'll speak for all of us, has just really blown our minds. Uh, You guys have really supported us with our t-shirt drive in the past week. We've gotten personal messages from a lot of y'all, texts and calls, uh, encouraging us in what we're doing, and we really appreciate that. And I think, you know, the highlight for all of us this, this week was there were some people out there that were really impacted by the infertility topic in episode number two. And so we just wanted to take a few minutes and kind of share our, our a few more thoughts around that.
2: Yeah, this is Kyle. I just, we cannot say the words thank you enough are or, or not enough alone. We, if you'd have told us we'd have had over 500 downloads in 12 days, we'd have told you that our wives have listened to our podcast nearly 500 times. But the response we've gotten has just been spectacular. And uh, like Ryan said, more importantly, the response we've got with last week's uh, uh, topic and episode was just huge for me. Uh, infertility impacted my life quite a bit. And and for you guys to respond to the episode like you did, I, I I would be lying if I said a couple of those messages that we got didn't bring tears to my eyes and brought back a lot of emotions. And just wanted to really say we appreciate it. And the thing I appreciate the most, we've had a couple of ladies reach out and send us messages that it really helped them get perspective on what what their husbands might have been going through at the time. So, and that, that means a lot to us. And our whole goal is to try to get guys to open up about things and, and share our perspective on, on things we've dealt with. So like, a, like I said, we cannot say thank you enough.
3: You know, Kyle, when we first started developing this episode, I know one of our goals was that we would at least reach one person that was going through a similar circumstance. And after seeing the response we got, I, I know we accomplished that goal, and I just can't describe how, how gratifying that is and how meaningful that is to each and every one of us.
4: I want to say a big thank you to Lance and Kyle and Jansen, and then even more so to Timmy and Jessica and Jennifer for being willing to share your personal stories and your experiences through this. I think it meant a lot to the other three of us and, and a lot to the to, to the listeners. To sum it all up, you guys
2: are awesome. Thanks for listening and continue listening, and we we sincerely appreciate your, your responses and your support. Now let's do this thing.
1: So let's be honest. We still need a, a lot of support. We're the underdogs of podcasts. Uh, we're doing better than we thought, but we still need a lot of support to keep this thing going. So – Can you guys tell the listeners how they can continue to support us? So, guys, the best way to support the show is to subscribe. And you
3: can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify just by searching us. That's C-O-M-M-E-N, denominators. And also, just be sure to share with your family and friends about the podcast. uh, And also, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, We really enjoy seeing those reviews come in.
4: Speaking of reviews, our inboxes, our fax machines, everything have been just buzzing all week long. Uh, We've even got a really good voicemail that was sent in, so uh, check this out.
2: Hi, fellas. This here is Bubba Wayne. My friends call me Bubba. I'm out here in Paris. Not the one in France, but the one in Tennessee. Just like to know how I can connect with you, fellas. I just got my MySpace page up and running. We'll see if I can get with you guys on there. Really enjoy the show. Keep up the good work
5: man Bubba Wayne thank you so much for finding us Uh, I didn't even know we had a voicemail so the fact that you were able to do that it's really impressive Uh, you can find us on our Facebook page which is Common Pod also on Twitter and Instagram also Common Pod just remember C-O-M-M-E-N-P-O-D yeah thanks for finding us
2: and listen guys once we get three million reviews we'll be giving away a used moped
4: All right, and if you want some sweet swag, we've got some T-shirts for sale, so reach out to us on those social platforms, and we'll see what we can do about getting you a T-shirt. They are free with a $15 donation.
1: So now that we got the accolades out of the way, we really enjoyed roasting each other last week. Let's do it again.
2: Boom, roasted. Listen, this is probably a terrible idea on my part, but I'm going to go outside this room to do my roast. I've got to roast my wife for actually commenting that she thought Percy Joe and Dixie Sue were real people that actually sent in uh, behind the curtain here. They were not real people. Wait, you're
1: telling me they weren't real people?
2: Oh, uh, sorry about that. Spoiler alert. So it's going to probably be a couple cold nights at home for me, but I'm roasting my wife.
1: I- I'm curious to know how many people were fooled by that last week.
5: <laughs> One, apparently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so I got to get on a couple of y'all for the
3: drafts last week. Ryan specifically, I know you're really shook up about the Walter White pick, and so you went with Dan Connor. Great pick. Uh, In your opinion, maybe. I thought it was a little bit questionable. I mean, there were a lot of people out there. I mean, you could have went with Tim the Toolman Taylor, for goodness
1: sake, but you went with Dan Connor. I don't know. So I've got to give one. Uh, My mom apparently has been thinking all week that I've got a potty mouth, and she told me that she thought about washing my mouth out with soap, thanks to Adam. When he bleeped out my balls comment, she just inserted whatever four-letter word that came to her mind in there, and that's what she thought that I said. So thank you, Adam, for uh, letting my mom get mad at me, or helping my mom get mad at me this week.
4: And if you don't bleep that out again on this episode, then you're doing your editing job a disservice.
1: I didn't say testicle
3: last week, did I, guys?
4: No, but I did say uh, my wife, Jennifer, apparently
0: several times, so... In the future, if I refer to my wife or Jennifer, know that my wife is Jennifer and Jennifer is my wife.
3: Good to know. Good to know. All right, so I, th- I feel like I'm on a roll here, so I'm going to go after Adam next about your uh, bunker pick. Yeah, sorry. So you picked Herschel as your, um, your your TV dad for your bunker, and I don't know. I had to think about this for a little while. I mean, you picked a guy that, admittedly, you said he had a had a stick for a leg, which to me seems like an automatic disadvantage, and I mean, he only lasted like what two or three seasons on The Walking Dead. So is he really
5: good in a post-apocalyptic
3: world? Well,
5: yeah. I don't know how long this apocalyptic world is going to last, but if you recall, he like sewed up a leg. He saved some people. I mean, in his in his short time during the apocalyptic period, he did he did a pretty good job.
2: Listen, man. Let's the good it. thing is, if anybody's chasing you. You're guaranteed not to get eaten or killed because
5: he's only got one leg. Yeah, he's you can leave him behind. That's yeah, exactly he's, right. He's a human shield. You push him sure. over, he's done, and and you know he gets his head cut off at the end. So,
2: boom, roasted.
4: All right, so we're ready to kick off week two of our Doomsday Bunker Draft. If you want to see where all the teams stand, you can go to commonpod.com and check out where we all stand at this point. So we're going to see who's going to pick first this week. So here comes our random number generator. And pick number one goes to Adam again. again. What? Second week in the row, pick number one. So here's who we're picking this week. We're going to do two rounds. First round is going to be a tom hanks movie character all right the greatest actor of our generation been in everything tom hanks movie character the second round is going to be a professional athlete all right well i actually had
5: several because i did not expect to go first again but um i guess i'm 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 getting it this time so uh, my first, it's, hopefully, this is going to be a lot better than the Bob Vance first pick uh, of last week. Probably not. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with probably the most obvious is, is Chuck Nolan, Castaway. Uh, I mean, this one speaks for itself. It's got obvious
3: yeah. number one. Yeah. Uh, it
5: is, it, but you know that's that's the beauty of having number one. The so suck it. Uh, I mean, the, the guy went from live and die by the clock to killing time like a boss. Uh, he's he's got proven survival skills and he can make a rope out of videotape. So, Chuck Nolan.
4: Cast away. Pick number two, Jansen.
0: Nice. Okay. My Tom Hanks character is going to be Captain John H. Miller from oh. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And the reason I picked him is because he's a born leader, obviously. And if you don't remember, he was also a teacher. So as my bunker grows and children become a part of it, possibly he'd be a good uh, educator for everybody in the bunk and all the kids.
4: Pick number three,
3: Lance. All right, so, Daniel, you're probably going to have to make a ruling on this pick, because I'm not sure if it's actually going to classify as a Tom Hanks character or not, but we'll give a shot here. And you guys may know where I'm going with this, but we'll see. So, the person I'm about to choose, they are a proven leader. They are a small person, so they're not really going to take up a lot of space. They really don't have to eat a lot of food, so that's going to save on rations. And actually, they may not even breathe oxygen, so... If you know, if if for whatever reason oxygen is sparse in the future, this person is is really going to be able to help us out. So, person I'm going with is Woody from Toy Story. It's brilliant. He was on my last Lance. Oh. So it, okay. so so this is okay, Daniel.
4: This judge judge rolls just fine right here. Oh yeah.
1: All right, so there it is, Woody.
4: And pick number four goes to Ryan.
1: Okay, well, once again, I'm feeling myself rattled. Uh, my first three picks were Chuck Nolan, Captain John Miller, and Woody. So, uh, I'm sure you all be able to make fun of my next pick again like you did last week. <laughs> this one I'm going to have to go... Oh, this is tough. I think I'm going to have to go with Paul Edgecombe. You might remember him from the Green Mile. Uh, he's a leader. He's got a great... He's got some compassion... I feel like he's going to fit in well. I've got Dwight in my bunker already uh, along with uh, Dan Conner. So, I feel like he's going to mix in well. And, uh, yeah, not excited about it, but uh, he's he's on the team. Uh, Pick number five, Kyle. Oh, thank goodness. I only had one left on my list.
2: My top three were literally gone in the first three picks. But going to go a little off the board here as uh, I'm going to plan on having a lot of ladies in my bunker going forward. So, I'm going with Jimmy Dugan, League of Their Own. He's used to dealing with women in confined spaces in a dugout. So we should be good in the bunker with Mr. Jimmy Dugan.
4: All right. And I got stuck with the last pick. And with Tom Hanks, there's still so many awesome people on the board. But I think I am going with uh, Captain Solenberger from Sully, the guy that landed the plane on the Hudson. Uh, Like he's cool under pressure was the definition of his name. Uh, so I think Sully will will help us out big time. All right, on to round two. Round two is professional athletes. We're snaking the draft, so yours truly gets the first pick. So broad, so many athletes out there, male and female, so many options. Uh, I'm going to try to keep things even in the bunker uh, because I've got a couple of men already. And so I'm going with who I think is the greatest female athlete of all time, and that's Serena Williams. Uh, I, she's, Hot. She's also a – Uh, you know, she's a mother, uh, but she's also powerful and, and just a a super impressive athlete, a winner. So we're going with Serena. Pick number two, back to Kyle.
2: Okay. I have the same logic. I can't pick two dudes in the same draft. So I'm going off the board. I'm a, I'm a golfer. So I'm going to go with, uh. Probably the greatest woman's golfer of all time, and she's uh, somewhat attractive, very soft-spoken. I'm going to go with – most people probably have to look this up because this is obscure to most people. But I'm going with Annika Sorenstam, greatest woman's golfer of all time.
1: Ryan. Okay. Well, uh, I've got three men in the bunker, so I definitely feel like I need to go with a female professional athlete here. I'm going to go with someone that's younger – Uh, that's going to help with, hopefully, uh, some childbearing. This lady is also going to help us defend our bunker. You might know her as one of the greatest female MMA fighters of all time, Miss Rhonda Rousey.
2: I'm afraid she'd beat the crap out
0: of me. Good pick.
4: Next pick, Lance. Solid pick, Ryan.
3: And uh, for a second there, I actually thought you were going to take my pick, but I think I'm good now. So since I can't, I mean, you can't really classify my wife as a professional athlete. We'll just say she was semi-professional. I would have chosen her, but since I can't, I've got to go professional. And so, you know, we've got to mix things up in the bunker. I've got, I literally have Robert California, Walter White, and, uh, and Woody, which is just really odd. <laughs> so, okay, mixing things up again, we're going to go with, she's at the top of her sport right now, and... I gotta think that like her agility and flexibility is gonna be useful in a lot of situations. We're going with Simone Biles. I mean, if you've watched her in the Olympics, she's amazing. Hot. She is um, a sensational athlete.
5: I
4: like how Kyle says hot after
3: every single right. pick. and um I
4: didn't hear him when he said that about Woody. Yeah. <laughs> uh Simone that. Biles is the pick here. Two more picks left in this round. So Jansen, back to you.
0: Okay. Um I struggled with this one and just to balance out the bunker with male and female. I randomly picked Maria Sharapova just for the balance effect. That's balance, all right. Hot.
3: So that's that's all women so far, right?
4: That is. All women so far in the professional athletes. Adam, you've got the last pick. Will you follow suit? (laughs) Adam hasn't picked yet. Hang on. I will not follow suit. Uh,
5: I I, I have a male-heavy, much like uh, Ryan's was last week, a little bit male-heavy. But, um, hey, man, that's what you need. You need some good, solid – dudes. Uh, I'll get some women in hopefully next week. I um, cover base cover base for you covered, yeah. Uh so my athlete is gonna be well it's Bo Jackson. Ooh. Uh so oh, so, so here's like Bo knows. Bo knows a lot. Bo is a professional uh athlete obviously he's a passionate and skilled hunter. Kyle is taking his <laughs> shirt off for some reason. I'm not sure why <laughs> Kyle is fifty percent inequality refrigeration guy Adam. That's right.
4: <laughs> um He's, He's a, been talking about heat and can, it, can it, we like hit way basically. too many women? I got that's off. right. All right, <laughs>
5: Bo Jackson, passionate, skilled hunter. He's a good with firearms. He's good with a bow. In fact, here's a little known story about Bo Jackson. A black bear once made the mistake of getting right up in Bo's face. He shot. He shot the bear with a pistol at point blank range. When the bear didn't topple, Bo fired off a second shot and finished off the job. Now here's where it gets interesting. To round out the morning's activities. He skinned the bear on the spot, dragged his seventy pound hide all the way back to camp. Now that's the kind of dude I want in my bunker. Bo knows.
3: So Adam, how much were you sweating that Bo Jackson was not going to get back to you in this draft and that you're gonna have to go to your backup? Well,
5: pick? you know, honestly, so I had I had Rhonda, I had uh Brock Lesnar, and I also had Usain Bolt all for different reasons. But uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with my Bo Jackson my pick. One male on the board. Not Mike right now. No, it's okay. <laughs> Daniel said he's your number one male.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into the meat of this episode. We spent episode one talking about fears, episode two talking about infertility. Uh, We got off on both. Both of those got into the uh, male private parts quite a bit. So this episode, we're going to go a complete 180, and we're going to talk about the most embarrassing moments of our lives and hope you guys can laugh with us. You're
2: just assuming we're going away from male parts. Right. <laughs>
1: That's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. All right. So, Jansen, why don't you lead us off?
0: Okay. Let me set the stage here. So, it is 1998. I am a uh, junior in high school. And I weigh approximately probably like 115 pounds. So, I'm super skinny. And that will come into play a little later. So, I'm at my high school girlfriend's house. Her parents have me over. We're eating dinner. And this isn't even the embarrassing part, but I spill like spaghetti all over me somehow. <laughs> Hit my plate, all over my shirt, all over my pants. I'm covered in it. So, um, girlfriend at the time, she played soccer and she had those like stretchy umbro shorts. Well, if y'all remember umbro shorts, they like they stretch width, but they're very, very short. So, she gives me one of uh, her pairs of shorts, and uh, her T-shirts are too small. So her dad says, well, just wear one of mine home and bring it back. Well, her dad, again, remember, I'm about 115 pounds. So his extra large T-shirt he gives me covers up my Umbro shorts. So it looks like I have no pants on.
1: How, how much thigh are we seeing right now?
0: How much thigh? Yeah. Oh, it's it's up there. So
2: we're it, saying, well, it's you're up there. wearing a dress at this point.
0: At this point, I am wearing a pair of Timberland boots, White tube socks, (laughs) and it looks like I have no pants on. So, um, night goes on, whatever, we watch a movie. I get in my dad's, and this kind of makes it even funnier. So, I get in my dad's big F-150 truck he had just gotten. So, I'm 115 pounds. I look like a bullfrog riding a beach ball down the road.
2: And um,
0: (laughs) I get on the bypass to head home. For whatever reason, I think, ah, I'm going to gun it. So, I gun it, and I... Crest this hill, and as I'm coming down, there's a state trooper sitting at the bottom of the hill. He, so uh, this was like Daisy Dukes driving the truck. Oh, yeah, just not as good as you should look in, in those shorts. But, uh, again, I'm like skeletal, I'm very skinny. So I get to the bottom of the hill, state trooper flips on his lights, pulls me over. I'm thinking, man, I'm in big trouble, I'm getting pulled over. I'm in my dad's new truck, speeding. And uh, he comes over and has me roll down the window. Well, I do it, and I'm, like, upset enough that I'm getting a ticket and have to deal with my parents when I get home. But then he says, can you step out of the vehicle? (laughs) And as I look down and realize it looks like I have no pants on, I have no time to, like, tuck the shirt in and, you know, do like a half tuck so you can see shorts. I get out of the car, and the officer looks at me, and he says, sir, where are your pants? (laughs) <laughs> and uh, at that moment, I had oh. to kind of explain what had happened. Um, so then he takes me actually into the back of his patrol car, has me sit in there, and I'm, like, trying to tuck my shirt in between my, you know, my legs because these shorts are crazy short. And, um, you know, he gives me the whole spiel about being young and speeding and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, that's that's my my first – foray into uh being pulled over with no pants hopefully it won't happen again but uh that uh I, that's one of my more embarrassing moments i
1: would probably pay ten thousand dollars for the dash cam footage of that episode
0: yeah i wonder if they did dash cams back then that they probably went back and and watched it and laughed because i look like uh, what's that guy on uh uh jack skellington or whatever his name is from uh nightmare before christmas that's about my my figure
2: so the real question here is, what happened to the shorts? The shorts were on. I drove home and I oh, washed no, no. them. I mean, what happened to the shorts after? Do you still have these shorts?
0: Did oh, no, no, them? no.
2: I gave them back
0: with the T-shirt.
3: All right, guys. So, Jansen, this is actually a uh, really good segue to my story, speaking of no pants. Um, anyways, uh, I wish I could say this story happened to me when I was in college, but it didn't. It happened to me about a month ago. as a 34-year-old man. And against my uh, wife's better judgment, who, who begged me not to tell the story, uh, I decided that you know this is for the podcast and i got to do it. So here we go. All right, so I'm a big Preds fan, and I've always wanted to sit on the glass for a hockey game. So one of my friends came through with some glass seats for uh, me. They're my boys from college. These are like my lifelong friends. And so one of them comes through with glass seats. And little did I know that when we got these seats, it also gave us access to this thing at Bridgestone Arena called the Lexus Lounge. And so at the Lexus Lounge, it actually gives you access to all the food you can eat and all the uh, adult beverages. And so needless to say, we, we took full advantage of this. So after the game, we decided that we were gonna keep the party going. So we went out and enjoyed some of the honky tonk bars on Nashville, and we were all having a good time. We stayed out pretty late. And eventually, you know, it's time to go home. And I made the uh, Uber call to get us uh, back to my buddy's house. And we're all, you know, we had, we had a good time. And, uh, but we pretty much all crashed when we got back to my bud's house. I'm going to sleep. And me and my buddy Kirby, we ended up crashing in the spare bedroom. I remember taking the shirt off, taking the pants off, and then just going to bed. All right, so at one point in time during the middle of the night, I may have gotten up to go to the bathroom, but I don't remember it very well. And so when I start awaking in the morning, I'm just kind of feeling this um, kind of like a looseness around the waist area, waist area. And I notice that I've got my jeans on, but I don't really know why my jeans are on because I took them off before I went to bed. But the weird thing is, like I said, it was very loose around the waist area. And I notice the underwear is just completely gone. So underwear's gone, jeans are on, and I have no idea where the underwear is. So I'm kind of just looking around everywhere, and I'm like, Kirby, where's my underwear? And he's like, man, I can't help you there, buddy. And so I don't know where the underwear is, and so I just decide to take off and go home, and I'm just thinking about it the whole time, and I'm like, where in the world is my underwear? And I go home, and I tell Timmy about it, and I just bust out laughing because I realize this is just completely ridiculous that I've lost my underwear as a 34-year-old man. And some of you guys have heard this story, and we literally did, like, a Marco Polo investigation into what happened to the underwear. And the underwear was actually found a few days later uh, by Nick's mom. So she was doing some, some cleaning in the spare bedroom and happened to find that I had uh, neatly folded my underwear and put it back in the closet. So some people, when they have some adult beverages, I guess, can, you know, they get a little wild or they get violent. Me, I'm I'm more the tidy type. You know, I just like to tuck my underwear away in the closet. So... As a 34-year-old man, I lost my underwear.
2: Did she do like most moms and wash it for you and fold it and return it like all moms did when we were kids?
3: You know, I was kind of hoping that would happen. I was like, hey, man, you don't – I was telling Nick, I was like, hey, you don't don't have to keep that underwear for me. But secretly I was like, man, that was some really good underwear that (laughs) I really didn't want to lose, and I was hoping that, like, it would be returned to me. But he was like, yeah, don't worry about it, man. We we threw that out. (laughs) So the underwear is gone.
1: Well, I'm really glad they were found. I know one of the theories that was floating around, my my number one theory was that your buddy Kirby had a thing for male underwear. I really (laughs) didn't want that to be the case, so I'm glad you found them, Lance. Yeah, and I'm glad we were able to clear Kirby's name. Um, Shout out, Kirby. Yeah, shout out, Kirby, for the tickets, and uh, yeah, man. All right, so my story, let me take you back to 2006. I'm in church, and during church, I look up about six or seven rows in front of me, and there's this girl from... Lipscomb that I would say we were acquaintances, friend, I would call her a friend. We didn't know her. I didn't know her real, real well, but it was enough to where I was excited to see her and I wanted to go say hello. So church is over. She's sitting down the pew. People are kind of milling around talking. So I make my way up there. And when I do, I I notice that she is holding a baby and how I know that she's holding a baby is I see two little feet hanging out from underneath a, a white blanket. And that's all I can see. Well, y'all probably know where I'm going. You're probably thinking uh, there should be some red flags here, a big big siren going off, like, do not proceed. But I didn't have kids. Uh, I didn't see any of, the, any of the warnings. So the logical thing in my mind was, let me just grab the corner of that blanket and take a little pixie under there. Oh, no. So uh, she's evidently, what I quickly find out, she is nursing child underneath this blanket. And you just went peek-a-boo on the baby uh, I went a little peek-a-boo. Um my body is feeling some of the same feelings it felt at that time <laughs> which is red. really really red <laughs> there's blood rushing into my face at this point I see uh, without getting too graphic I saw all I can say I'll just say I saw uh, the baby was latched I'll tell you that okay so I'm freaking out you don't prepare for these types of scenarios uh, they just don't run through your mind what makes the matters even worse is is at the same time that I do this, her husband, who I do not know, walks up behind her and is standing over, and he sees this happen.
2: <laughs> oh no. The plot thickens. Yeah.
1: So probably the most, as if it's not awkward enough at this point, the most awkward part is how I decided to handle it. There are three seconds of dead silence, and we're just sitting there. Everybody, she's thinking, well, who's this? Herve, you know that's lifted <laughs> up the blanket her husband's probably wanting to punch me in the face I have no idea and I'm sitting here just thinking how do I end this so my my exit strategy was to act like it didn't happen and just go all right then good to see y'all <laughs> and I ran out it's, you know without running I was walking as fast as I could and that's it it's so reference this you said 06? Around so 06 around 06
2: late 20s
1: So, yeah, I'll be in my late 20s. So, so, no,
2: it's not like you were 12 and walked up and didn't know what was happening.
4: You were, yeah. A grown man. grown man. You should have known at this point. Like this was,
1: yes. Uh, Yeah, once I became a dad and I was around babies, I realized that I probably should have known this. But I just didn't pick up this lesson anywhere in life. I don't know why.
2: So, I'm going to pick up from there. I don't know the exact year of this. This was late 90s, early 2000, you know, probably 17, 18 years old, something like that. Uh, got set up on a date, so at that age, you just got enough gas in your truck and a little bit of money, so your go-to, I don't know if any of you guys were like that, your go-to when you had no money and a little bit of gas to get somewhere was go walk around at Operland Hotel. That and 900 other dates were doing the same thing, walking around, and if you knew where to park, you could park for free and all that good stuff. So <clears throat> we, we started into that, it's fine enough, a little small talk, all the awkward stuff of a first date. So we get to Operland Hotel and we start kind of walking around mingling around. And about 30 minutes after getting there, like, my stomach just takes this, just just turns over. I'm like, oh, man, you know. Of course, you got that awkwardness. Well, I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick, and you're not wanting your date to think you're in there killing it, you know, just murdering it. So you're in there in kind of a hurry, you know, trying to make it quick as possible. So anyways, get through that. I'm like, okay, thank goodness that's over. So we continue on. I uh, Maybe 10 more minutes, stomach turns again. So at this point, man, I'm just like, fighting what's going on in my stomach i'm doing the old the internal fart you know you always do like you were in class where you're like you don't want to let it out on those hard seats and you just hold it in and somehow your body absorbs it and yeah <laughs> just, it's and, coming out your pores yes and yeah. it's just like man there's only so many times you can do that before you reach explosion level and i'm i'm at that point man i'm fighting this thing the rest of the night just stomach turning. and cramping trying to not look obvious just letting out some silent but violent ones it's whenever i can you get near that waterfall and let it out hoping that the <coughs> smell would drift off into the waterfall
1: while you're walking away so you can get away oh, from oh yeah the smell. Like,
2: oh i'm gonna look at this and then you're just trying to walk it out of your shorts as quickly as you can but anyway so the night goes on and man i'm just like full cold sweat fighting this thing so we get through that and kind of like you know it's kind of late, you know, I was planning on dinner after that, but i used use whatever excuse I could to get out of dinner. So I immediately, like, furiously speed her back to her parents' house and was like, oh, yeah, great time, blah, blah. And at this point, I'm just fully, I'm probably purple from my internal organs beginning to fail trying to hold this thing in. So she gets she gets out of the car, and, you know, I'm, at this point, there's no trust in letting gas out. So I've got to just, like, continue, and I'm, I'm maybe 20 minutes from home out in the country trying to get back to my house. And, of course, I'm speeding. I had a GMC pickup and was, I mean, had the ears peeled back on it trying to get home. I finally get turned on my road, man, and, and turning my driveway. At this point, I feel like I've run, my, my insides have run a full marathon. We've competed in a, a triathlon. I'm just I'm give out and I'm like.
5: So you're way beyond goosebumps. Oh yeah, level, I don't right? have goosebumps.
2: I have mountains on me at this point. I'm just, and I get. T- I remember that feeling. I could I'm back at that moment. I remember turning in my driveway, thinking, "I've made it. I've made it it's by the grace of God. I've made it home."
1: Is is this Ben Stiller and Along Came Polly?
2: Oh yeah, this is full on shark situation coming up. So yeah I, I literally get parked and I remember I had a, a 1990 GMC pickup if anybody had one of those it had the claw seats in it but it had the grooves in the seat so you didn't want anything to happen in there so I remember I literally put my truck in park and and I opened my door and when I stood up that was the the day that a pair of, Fruit of the Loon and some American Eagle cargo shorts died right there in my driveway I did I did n- the, the Finster had done all it could do for me. She died right there. It was over.
3: <laughs> so cargo shorts, huh? yeah, <laughs> it, it, this, listen, it was early. I right?
2: did, I did go, I did go on a date in cargo shorts. But remember, it was late '90s. So, but no, yeah, I was done right there. So I just eased behind the house, uh, deroed the the shorts and underwear straight to the trash can, strolled up in my house and took five showers consecutively. And that was uh, that was the first and last date with that. That girl, I'm sure she thought something was really wrong. Can't imagine why.
5: Yeah, good for her. I've got to know
1: about your underwear. I mean, I, I think the listeners are probably thinking the same thing. Are we talking tidy whitey? Oh that, that yeah, could, that could contain uh, yeah. contain uh, yeah. the Listen, spillage, there or was some it some
2: containment? But I felt like it was bad enough that like the tidy whitey had had reached saturation levels. I know the the shorts were. I love those shorts, too. I still remember them like a khaki color and American Eagle broke in, but there was no sign. So I got the belt out of there and saved that, but that was the only thing below the waist that was saved.
1: I'm picturing like a little chocolate waterfall down your oh, inner, inner thighs. Was,
2: yes, it was. Uh, it, hey, listen, it was kicking my shoes off to save them. Like I said, it was It was five consecutive showers before I went to bed. A can of Barbasol in your underwear. Yes, it was awful.
5: All right, so, Kyle, unfortunately I have a similar story. All right, so if you live in Nashville and you're familiar with 65 going north past, oh, around the Old, old Digger Boulevard, um, it used to be three lanes. They they changed it into six lanes. Well, the expansion of that six uh, extra three lanes seemed like it took forever. Um, I don't remember how the night was set up, but I remember coming home and, and feeling that same sense of urgency. Um, and, and, and much like you said I, I was way beyond the goosebumps at this point uh, again i wish i could remember how the story set up uh, i only remember how it ended um I, I recall vividly getting closer and closer to that thinking i'm not gonna make it I, i'm gonna have to bail out like i'm not gonna make it like never in my life has that ever happened i said I, I'm, I'm gonna have to bail so uh at, at at the final hour i shot over the three lanes as far as i could Uh, Into like it was just gravel at this point. The the three lanes were closed. They were working on. I get over there, uh, park the car. If you can, uh, if you remember Dumb and Dumber when Harry, uh, when it hit him in the Lambo that he had to poop, and he was smiling, and all of a sudden he had that uh oh look. That's kind of where I had, Uh, and much like Harry, um, when uh, when I got to my point, I was running. I. I, I unzip, drop, trowel, and right there on the side of the interstate, just let it go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't At feel least so you <laughs> saved your cargo shorts. Mine died.
1: I don't feel so bad about losing my underwear now. So describe like where you are in relation to the vehicle. Are you hiding behind a door? Are we just out where everybody can see you?
5: Yeah, so I definitely went passenger side uh, fortunately I had an extra few seconds to to let that uh
4: passenger side on the left or right shoulder
5: okay so I'm, yeah I'm on the right shoulder uh, so if you if you picture it the the three lanes on the left are active the three lanes on the right are being created I was uh, as far as you could get to the right right there by a good pasture actually um, and, and 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 relieved myself. <laughs> Um, so question, did you have the
2: appropriate paper supplies or did you just sacrifice a couple socks? Uh, interesting.
5: There? So one, one thing that my father taught me a long time ago is always keep a, a towel in your car. And I never understood that until you need it. Uh, and I needed it. So uh, I used that towel. Uh, I'm ashamed to say. <laughs> was that it embroidered towel? <laughs> like had your initials? <laughs> I had my initials on it, my phone number. <laughs> uh, I'm ashamed to say the towel did not make it back into my car no, after no, it was yeah. over. So yeah, That's when you litter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Litter I mean, okay. it, it didn't. Much like your cargo shorts, like you just throw them away. Yeah. Um, I, I think the only thing I took from that is. Is the following morning what the construction workers must have thought when they stumbled upon this mess? Because did you did you cover it up with the tile? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I, I mentioned it was it was nighttime. I should have mentioned it was nighttime. And and, and, and I really I didn't even look behind. I just got in my car and left.
1: I just had a funny visual of Adam like like any cat or dog would do, like scraping some dirt over the top <laughs> yeah. of it,
4: some just roadside kick. gravel. Just, yeah, <laughs> kick with some the, little the dust lined up in the air. <laughs> So I've had lots of embarrassing moments throughout my life, and it was hard to kind of figure out maybe one to share, but this is, this is one that's kind of stuck out to me for a long time. Uh, when I graduated high school that summer before I went to college, I worked outside a lot, so I buzzed my head so I didn't really have any hair. Uh, went to college, started growing my hair out a little bit my freshman year, never really cut my hair until early in my sophomore year I decided, okay, I need to get a haircut. Uh, and and I was in a new place, new town, four hours away from home. I, you don't know where to go get a haircut. This is before there's a you know a great clips and a sports clips on every corner, and so you got to find find a new barber, find somebody that can that can cut your hair the way you want it. Uh, I got a recommendation from a friend, told me about this one. I will use the word salon very loosely at this point, but uh, he said. He gave me two pieces of advice. He said, "Don't wear nice clothes," uh, and and the reason being is it it smelled. You know, it was like you were walking into a bowling alley in the '80s. Like it was just straight up smoke, as soon as you walked in. Uh, and and he said, "Ask for Angela."
1: Sounds I like a figured, nice place.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A salon uh, or a saloon. <laughs> yes. Well, it was a little bit closer to a saloon, so I get there, and it's in a gas station, like it's it's. It's in a ga- – you have to go through the convenience store of the gas station to get there. And – and some malt liquor and a pack of cigarettes on your way to – Yeah, haircut. yeah, yeah. You know, like I'll take some gummy bears and a fade. Like that's <laughs> that's kind of the – going – and, and like looking back on it, like almost 20 years later, like I should have – I should have immediately been like, no, this isn't the place. All right, but, you know, you're, you're talking to a guy who my, uh, my family every Sunday – Growing up, like we, the the place we go for Sunday lunch was in a gas station. So it, it's not like, you know, I'm not a I'm not a high dollar person. So I'm, i th- it didn't throw me off that bad at, at 20 years old. Uh, but I went in there. You know, I can't remember. I wish I could remember the name of it. It probably had one of those weird names, with like you know cuts with a Z or something like that. Like one of those weird punny uh, things. But but I do not remember the name. But I go in, and, and of course I ask for Angela. Angela's nowhere to be found, so she's not there. So I'm already like, oh, 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 oh this, is, this could be bad. So I'm waiting. I talked to the lady. She seemed nice. Uh, told her what I wanted. I've had the same haircut for for years, but it's like a, a two like on the sides and back, kind of faded up, scissor cut the top. Uh, and, and that's kind of been my go-to for a long time. That's what I asked her for. Uh, when I said I, I want to two on the sides and back faded up scissor cut the top she must have heard what if Forrest gump had a fryer cut uh, <laughs> i you know i, I know, or she i don't know what she heard or how she interpreted that for me i she you know i i said can i have a two faded up scissor cut the top and she heard uh, you know how about you make me mow from the three Stooges? put a bowl on your head yeah and and, and so yeah it was it was the worst cut I've ever seen and it was an obvious it's like you know when when in a subdivision when one person doesn't mow their yard a lot and and you keep your yard mowed fresh and you can see that property line right in between where there's the obvious like oh that's where the property line is that was at the top of my ears going all the way around the back of my head where there was no fade in this lady's vocabulary at all. It was a complete line of demarcation to get from one to the other. Uh, it was it was awful. And I am one of the most passive individuals you'll ever see. Extremely non-confrontational.
1: Now, now hold on, I've got to ask. Okay. Are you facing the mirror? Are you seeing this happening before at, your eyes?
4: Not not at first. It, it was kind of that, hey, we're going to turn you around at the end and you look at it and it was just a complete the big, shock. The big like, reveal. Yeah, like, holy cow, what, what have you done... To my head, you know, I'm already like a self-conscious 20 year old kid with no girlfriend, you know, in college in a, in a small town, and I, and it's like I'm never, I'm never gonna speak to a woman again for the rest of my life so when I, when I look d- in the, the mirror. Most
2: dudes look, you don't think what a yes, scored with no, the ladies.
4: no, it was, it was not, it was the, it was a, you know, it looked like a bad mug shot. It looked like I was given the the meth special. It was, it was just an uh, the worst haircut you could possibly. But I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't say anything about it. I could not muster up the ability to confront her to say, this looks awful. And also, I didn't know if she could, I really did not know if she could fix it. I didn't know what was gonna happen at this point. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I I said, all right, we'll, we'll leave. I'll take $20 on pump four. And, uh, you know, I went back to campus. And so, uh, and then I had to go straight to an event that night on campus. So I just threw on a ball cap and went. But of course, my buddies, it got around that, hey, uh, you know, Daniel's got a really bad haircut right now, and so my hat disappeared a few times as the evening went on from a, from one of my buddies would would take it from me, and so it, it just it turned into an awful night. Uh, thankfully, I had a pair of of clippers somewhere tucked away in my dorm room, and I was able to dig them out and just shave. just shave it and start all over uh, the next day. And, but it was it was the worst. The imagine the worst haircut you could ever imagine, and that was that was what was on my head. Uh, I tried to find the place to figure out what the name was, and I Google mapped it, and there's no longer a salon in that gas station, but they do sell pizza and catfish now if, uh, if you're ever interested in going to a, a nice gas station in Henderson, Tennessee.
0: Okay, this is my, uh, my wrap-it-up story. It was too good not to share. So um, <clears throat> uh, Jennifer and I have been dating for, I guess, maybe a month, not very long at all. And she lived in Kentucky, I lived here in Nashville, so I'd commute up there every day, or every
2: Friday. your wife Jennifer?
0: Yes, my wife Jennifer, if y'all didn't know. Um, So I'd commute up there, and like our Friday night routine would be, we'd go eat at this Mexican restaurant, El Rodeo, it was the best, then we'd go back to her house, and somehow it always ended up with me, Jennifer, and then her mom, on the other side of us watching those 2020 specials, you know, where somebody's been murdered and, you know, they're trying to figure out what happened. We'd get done eating, we'd come back, we'd all plop down on the couch. Her dad sat in a chair kind of over to the side and um, picture me on the left, Jennifer in the middle, her mom on the right. So we were under like this huge blanket. Jennifer's legs were like tucked up underneath her bottom and I had my arm around the back of her and um, we were just watching the show. I was rubbing her feet. Everything was, was going great. And um, a little way into it, Jennifer leans over and says, Hey, will you rub my feet? And I said, um, I've been rubbing your feet for like 15 minutes. And very slowly, very methodically, we both look to the right, and Jennifer's mom begins to cut her eyes at me. And at that point, I realized I'd been rubbing her mom's feet for 15 minutes. And everything, like my whole body just turned like I could just feel the heat rising. Then I thought, oh, shoot, they think I'm some pervert up here. And I'm rubbing her mom's feet while she's beside me. And her dad is in the chair beside us. And we all kind of laughed about it. And her mom denies it to this day that I was rubbing her feet. But it happened. I rubbed her feet for a good fifteen minutes, and it was a good quality foot rub that some people get paid for, and I never saw a penny of it. But, uh, but yeah, I rubbed Jennifer's mom's feet fifteen minutes, month into dating, in front of her, in front of her dad, and in front of God.
1: So I've got Downs and Barbara Walters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This story always just causes a lot of questions in my head that still haven't really been answered. So, do you? Do you acknowledge it at this point? Is there any acknowledgement of what just happened, or do you just pull your hand away and are tight-lipped?
0: Yeah, I think we we laughed about it. I mean, you had to, you had to do something because if you don't make a joke about it, all of a sudden I'm like coming on to her mom and rubbing her feet yeah. uh, with Jennifer <laughs> right there. So yeah, I, I don't remember exactly how we how we handled it, but we did laugh about it. the The big joke was why in the world did her mom like let me rub her feet for so long. That's what we're all wondering. And what I think it is, and I can't imagine what's going through her mind, at some point, it's like, okay, we've known this guy a month. He's rubbing my feet. What do I do? Do I, like... Do I do I uh, say something to him about it? Do I just let him keep rubbing?
2: Right. Maybe he'll stop. So she's like in shock for 15 minutes probably. She's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's hat. It's a pretty good foot rub, so let's <laughs> exactly. see where this goes. It's a
0: catch-22. I mean, <laughs> it was a good quality foot rub, I have to say. You know, early in the dating phase, back rubs, foot rubs, all that stuff is, you know, top notch from the, the guy.
1: What are the chances we can get Jennifer's mom on and interview her about this, this situation?
0: She'll deny it to her grave, but it happened. i'll never forget the slow turn as we looked over and was both realized that i've been rubbing her mom's feet (laughs) did you have any inkling at this point
2: this would be the woman you married
0: yeah we knew pretty early on i I thought i was in a i was in a safe space and i knew for sure that you know i wasn't going to get kicked out of the house but for at least 10 minutes she thought i was some like stalker or some pervert (laughs)
1: All right, guys. So, what did we learn today?
5: I learned that uh, you should never breastfeed around Ryan.
4: <laughs> I learned that Jansen can give one heck of a foot rub.
3: I learned that bad things happen when you hold farts in.
2: <laughs> yes, the I can attest to that. I learned that uh, you should never get a haircut with Daniel in Henderson, Tennessee.
1: I learned I probably need to add a towel to my car.
2: I didn't learn nothing. guys i guess again to land the plane just want to thank you all for sharing your crazy and spectacular stories and still amazed that four of us ended up with no pants in our crazy story but i also want to thank you guys for your friendship and coming together and sharing these stories um kind of a couple things come to mind this week as we were preparing for this podcast and kind of reflecting back on episode two uh the first thing that came to mind was laughter um there's no doubt we like to get together and laugh and, and share funny stuff with each other and that was kind of our idea for the podcast was just be ourselves and do that kind of thing and I really believe with all my heart that that God has a spectacular sense of humor if you don't believe that look at the fact he put us six lackeys together to uh, do this podcast but seriously if we really are made in God's image then there's no doubt that God does have a, a great sense of humor and love to laugh the second thing that come to mind and uh, after all our stories i feel like we were all humbled a little bit by all the crazy stuff that's happened to us but um all the store all the stories we shared this week uh, just kind of reminded me that being humble um, and and i was extremely humbled this week we've talked about this a little bit but last week's episode in, on infertility the reaction we got from everybody and listening back to the podcast it really really brought a lot of emotions floating back for me and I just can't say it again. It's, it's a heartfelt thank you guys for reaching out to us and, and uh, sharing the, the feedback and sharing how the podcast made you feel. And it was our hope going into this that we would share something that would that we could relate to you guys and just make you realize that you're, you're not alone. And a favorite verse out of this was Matthew uh, 23, 12, and it says, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those that humble themselves will be exalted. And I think that's it man. We just we're just a group of try to be humble six guys that want to share and tell stories and we just want to thank you for listening and the biggest thing we want to do for you is we're going to continue to pray for you. We don't know what's going on in your life. We don't we don't know what your situation is, but we're going to pray for you anyways because the fact is the guy that we're praying to knows exactly what's going on in your life and and that's good enough for me. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.
5: That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. The denominators are Ryan Smith, Kyle Binkley, Daniel Knox, Jansen Hart, Lance Jones, and me, Adam Ray. Thanks to Chet Roberts for providing our music. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button and tell a friend. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CommonPod. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-P-O-D. And if you have a question or a comment for our group or you'd like to submit an idea for a future podcast, please email us at commondenominators at gmail.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N denominators at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.